Hey, I'm Miles. And I'm Alex. Uh, we like football, and here are six picks. So we got six topics today. the The first topic is three uh, three observations about last week. I'll start us off. It's going to go like one to one. My first thing that I uh, observed from last week was I think we're going to have a mo- mobile QB like MVP race. It's going to be, be between Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. They're the two front runners right now, and I think probably the third most mobile QB in the league, Kyler Murray, he's probably at that number three spot right now. I think this is a dream come true for football fans. Uh, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, they're two very entertaining players who, like, you know, despite are both known for being like big dual threats, they kind of play a lot differently for like dual threats. Josh Allen's more phys- physical guy. You know, he's always known for like taking on that contact and, you know, rushing for that extra yard. Well, Lamar's like a bit more fragile, but like he's a lot like speedier, quicker, and he can get to the sides. I think this is this going to be a really good MVP race this year. And I think those two are going to be the front runners. All right. So my first observation from last week is that I think the future is really bright for the Bengals, specifically their offense. So just to name, just to name a few things, just to give a quick summary, the Bengals lost a close one in overtime to the the Packers. And if you're not familiar with last season, the Packers went to the NFC Championship with their MVP quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, and they kept pace with them, and they even went into overtime. And although there were some special teams troubles, which ended up causing the Bengals to lose that game, the Bengals really held their composure, and they competed well against a really good Packers offense. So I think that they have a great young quarterback in Joe Burrow, and he can really, really just be just be like one of the faces of this league in this coming future. If he can stay healthy and if the Bengals can build an offensive line around him, we know they have Joe Mixon as a running back who's an established runner, and they can maximize his um, his prime years right now. And then we also know that they have three good receivers. Tyler Boyd, who works out well out of the slot, who's been a number one in, their, in, that, in that Bengals system for about three years now. Now we also have the emergence of T. Higgins. So he was from Clemson in last year's draft, and he really established himself as being a number two threat to Tyler Boyd. And then they also have new rookie wide receiver Jamar Chase. So if, you look, if you're looking at stat sheets throughout this year, he's been probably the most impressive rookie receiver. He's good for four catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown every single game. So if you have three good receivers, a great young quarterback, and hopefully a good running game with a developing offensive line, this offense can come to look like offenses like the Cardinals, the Cowboys, and the Bucks, who have three good receivers and um, a great quarterback. Um, now the Bengals, we do know they do need to focus on their defense and their offensive line, as I stated. But I really think with their three and what they were three and one, I, th- I really think that Bengal fans have something to look forward to in these coming years. Oh, yeah, I 100 percent agree. You know, I kind of agree so much that that was also my my number two take. Uh, I was kind of in the same ballpark with the Bengals offense, but I was oh, focusing yeah. on the the duo, the LSU duo of Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Uh, right now, Jamar Chase in single coverage, he has 400 yards, which is the most in single coverage so far in the five games. Uh, maybe not including that Buccaneers game, but uh, in the first five games, that is the most yards in single coverage. So he's playing like the best single coverage wide receiver with the sophomore quarterback and as a rookie wide receiver. Plus, they have history together. It seems too good to be true. You know, at first, I really didn't like this duo happening because, you know, I was a big Penny Sewell guy. Penny, I'm still a believer in Penny Sewell, but, you know, Jamar Chase is special. If they improve this offensive line, this could very well be like what the Packers were last year and having like, you know, Joe Mixon too, and like having a, a great running back with the arguably the best quarterback and arguably the best uh, running back. I mean, wide receiver in a few years and 
Rodgers and Adams. Uh, so, man, they're they're playing so good right now for like such a young core. They're really the future. It seems too good to be true. Same history. Yeah. Uh, they're the future of this league. They're so young. It's it's just like I really like they got everything going Charlie. for them except for an offensive line. Mm-hmm. They get that offensive line, man. They're gonna be crazy. All I right. agree. That's my number two. All right, so my number two, number two takeaway, and now this might sound like a lot of people, a lot of things that people are talking about right now, but the, the Cowboys, op- this is this is something different than what I feel like a lot of people are talking about. I feel like people right now are really focusing on Dak, as they should. Dak is playing exceptional and really looking like, yeah. although you didn't mention him for the MVP race, at least at least in the NFC East, it, yeah, it looks like the Cowboys like top six right now. Yeah, yeah the Cowboys are running away with it right now in the, in the NFC East, right? And not, although that division, as we know, is very very severely flawed, but. Yeah. My second my second observation is I think that the Cowboys offense is more dangerous with a balanced run and pass attack. Now, we do know that Dak is great and he does have so many receiving options. You know, we have Amari Cooper, um, we have CD Lamb, we have Michael Gallup. As I mentioned before, like three good receivers in an offense is so so exceptional at this point. And it is, is what really for is sure. gonna like teams are gonna be looking for throughout the future, but the Cowboys already have that. And they already have a tight end, about an average tight end, Dalton Schultz, who can just, you know, make catches and, you know, win his targets when he needs to. Um, so they just have a they just have a really good passing offense with a good offensive line who's played well this year. And Dak's not the type of quarterback that's going to make a lot of mistakes. Um, oh, yeah. I, I do think that uh, the, the reestablishment of Zeke, just besides that Buccaneers game, he's played really well this season. So if you look last week against the Giants, Zeke had 100 rushing yards, and Tony Pollard, their backup running back, who is actually really, really exceptional and catches the ball out of the back and catches the ball out of the backfield very well, who chipped in for 75 yards. I, I really think it just adds another dimension to the Cowboys' offense to the point where they don't need to worry sure. about Dak being re-injured again. They can yeah. really just rely on the run when they need to, and they have two good change of pace back. So I really feel like this this offense is even more dangerous, and you know the the ability for a, a team to control the clock and be able to run the ball along with pass the ball from being behind in situations is really really good, especially for a team that's looking like the Cowboys looking to make a playoff run and a deep playoff run at that. So I really think that everybody should be focusing and giving a little bit of respect to Zeke in the offensive line, and also paying attention to Tony Pollard because he's going to make some big plays this year. Oh yeah, if you look at some iconic teams throughout the 2010s, especially the thing about the two wide receivers or like two just really good receivers, you know, if you look at like the the 2014 Packers with like Cobb and Nelson, or like the 2018 Vikings with like uh, back when Thielen and Diggs were super elite, yeah. or you look at like the you know, even you can slot a tight end and then Kelsey and uh, Tyreek, you know, arguably the two best at their position last year. Uh, a good portion of people would say, at least uh, that Kelsey is, like just having that, those two two guys that you could go to, just another dimension to the throwing game. Combine that with the running game. The Cowboys are looking like it right now. It's 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 not uh, it's it's not what a lot of people expected. So to to see that happen is is certainly true, but yeah. to see it happen is shocking. But you know we understand why. Uh, yeah, my third pick, I picked the Steelers. Now I I did pick the Steelers because because I couldn't conclude on what they're going to be. The Steelers right. have been by yeah, far the most inconsistent team in the NFL. They've had they they had arguably probably the best win week one like a crazy win again they shut down Josh Allen who I have as the MVP front runner right now and you know I think they let up ten points to the Bills some below twenty 
entirely impressive. Like, so impressive. Crazy week one. You know, they were looking like when they were 11-0. But, man, that loss to the Bengals was embarrassing. That loss to the Packers wasn't as close as it seemed. And then all of a sudden, when you think all hope is lost, I think they, like, beat the Broncos, right? Steelers versus Broncos. Broncos. And it wasn't – yeah. Although they did lose Juju, it just makes it, like – especially with Big Ben as your quarterback and, like, a banged-up wide receiver cast with a rookie running back – with a good defense, to be fair. That's, that's like, one of the one consistent things they have. Like, I just don't know what they're going to be. And I think, it, like, they're probably one of the most interesting teams in the NFL right now, especially, like, with the drama, you know, that they had surrounding them last year. It's yeah. just – it's so hard to predict where they're going to be. They're in a tough division, too. With, it's it's – the Steelers are unpredictable. I can't predict them. I, if I – you just can't predict the Steelers. I, not much more to say than that. Yeah, and I do believe that the Steelers are flawed in their offensive approach. You know, we do know that Big Ben, and they Big Ben is, you know, older now, and he's really, really old if you look at the landscape of the league. And if you compare him to older quarterbacks, such as, you know, where Drew Brees was yeah. in his state of career, where he couldn't really throw the ball downfield that well. You have- ever since that one uh, shoulder injury he had, that he mm-hmm. just hasn't been that guy. He was like a top five guy before that, but yeah, you know, with Ben Hurt, it's kind of... It's weird for the Steelers. It's been yeah, I I think that um you know Najee Harris is a really exceptional running back and he's mm-hmm. really 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 good out of the backfield, but also uh at least with his with his production right now in that game he had 23 carries for 122 yards and a touchdown, and then he also chipped in for two more catches out of the backfield along with five targets out of the backfield. So he's looking for a steady 30 maybe 35 touches a game, even when the running game isn't working very well. There was something a crazy stat the week before this where he, I believe, he had wide receiver numbers. He might have had twelve or fourteen catches. So I really think that the the, the Steelers' offense is going to go through Najee Harris, which isn't the best thing because they you'd like to see them line. be able to use their receivers. But because of Big Ben, they can't. But their defense yeah. is exceptional. We know that from last year. Their defense really carried to them at eleven and zero start. The Steelers are going to be really interesting this year, and I really feel like. They're not going to be a playoff team, but they're going to play spoiler to a few teams, hopefully in their division, maybe to the Ravens, maybe for to the sure. Bengals, maybe for to somebody sure. else just down the line. But I think the Steelers are going to come away with the win. You can even say that the first, yeah, like you mentioned, against the Bills was a, was a huge win. You know what I mean? They're going to come away with at least two more wins like that throughout the rest of this year. Okay, so my last observation is, you know, on the similar topic of the Bills, but I thought that the Bills' pass rush is a huge addition, and I think that the the Bills' pass oh, rush yeah. really sustains them as possibly the favorites in the AFC. They played real good against uh, against Kansas City too. I really agree. Although we do know that Kansas City's offensive line is flawed at this point, um, yeah. but I really like the way that the Bills' pass rush specifically was able to was be able to. Um, put multiple guys in different spots to make different plays and also just have so many different talented guys. So they have first round pick Greg Rousseau, who uh, had uh, an interception on Patrick Mahomes. And they had AJ Epinesa, Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, Ed Oliver, Harrison Phillips, and Star Lutele. So a few of these guys like Star Lutele, Harrison Phillips, and Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, uh, specifically Phillips and uh, and Star can really you know stuff the run and they're more like defensive tackles. But Ed Oliver can can apply interior pressure. Greg Rousseau is a very very lengthy and speedy out like edge rusher, and AJ Epinesa is really the best of both worlds in that case. He's more of a power rusher though. But all these guys played significant minute, minutes in that game and they were able to always have 
um, fresh legs on their defensive line. So they didn't really need the they didn't really need the blitz, which meant that they had you know seven or eight in coverage at at times, and they were still getting significant pressure on the quarterback. So I really think that this fills one of the largest holes in the Bills last season. If you look back to the AFC uh in in the AFC uh, championship game versus the um the Chiefs, I really felt like the defense was, you know, the backbone that was just really breaking, and they couldn't even hold the Chiefs to anything in that game. The Chiefs just destroyed them offensively, and we saw, you know, just through we saw through just this week that the Chiefs are, you know, being more controlled, especially with the with the pass rush, and that really, really affects the Chiefs' offense, as we saw in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. So I really think this just really solidifies the Bills' position, and I think we'll get into this topic later when we're talking about power rankings throughout the best teams in the NFL, but. Yeah, that, that Bills pass rush is just great for that team with, you know, a strong secondary and a few good linebackers, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, next, we have the uh, the John Gruden situation. You know, we're going to talk about what it is and how it's going to affect the Raiders, who did start off to a, a very impressive 3-0 start. Someone say more impressive than the Steelers' 11-0 start last year. But then kind of fell off the last two weeks, only put up nine points again against Matt Nagy's Bears. You know, they've looked iffy and now add this giant locker room confusion and then coaching confusion. You know, it's kind of, you know, let's see where the Raiders go from here. Let's talk about that. You want to start us off, Miles? Yeah. So the NFL has been examining over uh, a lot of emails, just particularly it, starting with the, uh, the Washington football team organization, but slowly moving across other. Uh, coaches and other organizations throughout the league. And the one that really stood out was by Las Vegas Raiders head coach, um, John Gruden. And it was and in the email, it was a 2011 email. So John Gruden used a racial trope to describe NFL players chief Demarcus Smith. And I won't get fully into the details here, nor will I get fully into the details of the other emails because they are a bit excessive and they also are they also are very demeaning. And that isn't the main that isn't the main point here though. But we know that John Gruden was in the wrong and he addressed the media Following uh, the, the the allegations of um, his racial probe against Demarcus Smith, and he defended himself by saying that he didn't have a racist bone in his body. But new emails and new uh, new investigations by the NFL examining these emails have really shown otherwise, and shown that Gruden is quite racist, quite homophobic, and just in general, just a, at least a flawed man when it comes to generally just sure. you know you know, everything that goes, goes on yeah. in the, just the back world of football, but we you know, really want to look at how exactly this is going to affect the Raiders and their season. So as you said, they're not looking too good in these last two games. And really, it's really that, that bears game last week really didn't look good. And uh, it's very, it's very concerning. Like Josh Jacobs, although he's been injured this year, has really not played very well at all. So, you know, it's really relied on the arm of Derek Carr and all that, although that worked in week three, it hasn't really been working in these last two. And uh, I really feel like the wide receivers on that team can be shaky at times. Although, you know, Henry Ruggs is a great deep threat. Uh, we, we can see him make some, a lot of great plays like he did against like the Ravens, you know, and Zay Jones, who caught the winning touchdown against the Ravens. Yeah, what a game that was. Yeah, that was a great game. But it's just how long can the, can Derek Carr really keep it up? Oh, and, uh, you know, how consistent can those Raiders yeah. receivers be? In the, mean, in, yeah, in those first three games, he was, he was looking like a dark horse MVP. It was crazy. And then, you know, bam, they got they got hit with reality. They beat the Chiefs, and look at them now. Not looking good for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's also important to note that Gruden kind of operated as a head coach, but also similarly, like, he kind of acted like a GM, similar to how Bill Belichick is in New England. So he made a lot of the front office decisions as well when it came to how he was going to draft players or make free agency signings. So I really feel like 
this kind of leaves a void. So, for example, uh, like some of his some of his options instead of like who he drafted, he so he drafted Henry Ruggs, and if you think if you looked back and you look at guys that he's drafted, um, I'm blanking I'm blanking on the name right now, but do, do you uh, recall that? Do you call that? Cleveland, yeah, I knew, yeah, I knew you remember that. He did, he did, met, like he did draft Max Crosby in like the fourth mm-hmm. or fifth round that draft though, and he's playing like a top fifteen uh, defensive fair, player fair. in the NFL right now. But yeah, his first he, round draft pick against it, reaching. Yeah, and then even last year drafting Damon Arnett in the first round, who really looked like a second or third round talent, and is a slot corner, and has been unable, unable to stay healthy and really look efficient, and also the selection of. Um, Alex Leatherwood, the offensive tackle out of Alabama, who this was not so weird. who has not been uh, exactly what ex- we, we thought he we, we thought he would be more like a second round pick or maybe a, more of a developmental tackle, maybe somebody that will compete for starting reps, not necessarily somebody that will go in the first round. And there were other tackle prospects that were available at that time. And uh, people like to joke that what John Gruden looks for is you know grit or character and stuff like that and all those type of jokes but i really feel like his dra- his drafting has been flawed and it really affects the raiders and their future because they're in a really competitive division with the chargers broncos oh, yeah. and obviously the chiefs so they really they're really looking to compete and their young talent is looking questionable and it's really falling on the arm of Derek carr yeah it, i kind of kind of feel bad because i was part of the Derek carr hype train you know just seeing him like having a glimpse of winning MVP in those first three weeks, it was kind of it's kind of special. I've always been like, I never really hated Derek Carr. I've always thought he was good, you know. To see him like playing like a top five quarterback for three weeks straight, it was kind of cool. The Raiders, I'm gonna say, good while it lasted. You know, I didn't, I don't feel like like you know. By the way, the John Gruden stuff. There's a common misconception that it was all in 2010. I thought that for a bit, but it was 2010 stretching up to 2017. So it was a seven a seven year stretch of emails. This was like one year before he got hired. So it's not like Gruden changed in those seven years because he's you know still doing the same stuff. He called uh, Roger Goodell a homophobic slur. Kind of ironic because you know he has the one openly gay NFL player on his team, Carl Nassib, who did a. did miss practice after uh, after yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah. after he got fired. You know, it's kind of I wonder what's going on in his mind. Obviously, it's going to be a lot of mixed emotions. Being someone you know mm-hmm. who he used to consider to be a coach, probably accepted him in the locker room at the time, but then just seeing all this history of his is just mm-hmm. you know. I think this is the beginning of the end for the Raiders. Specifically, it was maybe against the Chicago game. Uh, it's it's not looking good for them. I don't. I think they're going to struggle. I think they'll end up finishing last in their division. It's kind of sad to see. It was such an amazing story at first, but I can't see them getting more than seven wins now without yeah. a head coach. John Gruden wasn't like a bad head coach too. He was, you know, it mm-hmm. seemed like he had some good game plans, especially against that Raiders. I was just. Beautiful yeah. game, but I think that's that's all behind us now. And I think Raiders, they're gonna stink for now on. It's gonna mm-hmm. suck, and they may not have to deal with this first round drafting anymore. So <laughs> that's gonna yeah, be good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think also we we need to look at it now is how this might affect the Chiefs going into the division right now. Because if we look at it right now, the Chiefs are at the bottom of their division. But you know, I think that we know that the Chiefs, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. We yeah. saw what happened in that playoff games against Houston years ago when they were down. <laughs> And yeah. we know what happens. Kansas City responds, and we know Patrick Mahomes has thrown more interceptions this season than he did all of last season. But you know, this the same roster. This is not the same roster that they used to make the Super Bowl run just last season and win the Super Bowl the season before that. 
So, you know, there's there's a lot of question there's a lot of questionable things with Kansas City right now, but I do believe that they'll respond and I think that if you're eliminating, you know, the Raiders from the situation makes and also, sense. you know, they can get the, that tiebreaker against yeah. them with the the next division game they have so they can get rid of that tiebreaker yeah. the Raiders have against them. Chiefs are still probably going to make the playoffs. Uh they should have a free game against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. This really does open up the division, I think. Even the Broncos may have a shot at the playoffs. Probably not, yeah. but this Raiders thing uh, does open does open it up well for them. So yeah, yeah. All right, I think it's time that we segue into our third topic. So Alex and I have both um, theorized seven underrated slash overrated players, team coaches, or even defensive units slash offensive units. So yep. we haven't discussed it at all. So we're pretty much hearing all this stuff for the first this time. Is, so yeah, this is blind. We try to we we script this like we script what we're gonna do like and ask the other person and our takes for the questions but like you know obviously i'm not gonna tell miles you know what i'm gonna ask him so you know he's gonna he's gonna hear this first question it's gonna go one to one he's gonna hear this first question for the first time what do you think about the zero and five lions overrated underrated or properly rated man i'd like to I'd like to simply say I think that they're underrated. Simply just seeing some of their performances against teams like the 49ers. It's a great and, culture too. And also, yeah, and also against uh, the Ravens. I mean, it had to come down to Justin Tucker's NFL record-setting oh. field goal. That is much doesn't hurt for all Detroit Lions fans, as you know. I'm a Packers fan, and that hurts. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's bad at that point. So yeah. we we really feel for Detroit fans. I really feel like their team is underrated, and you know. They, they, I, I would, I would say that it's been hard to find players that really stand out on that team besides maybe like tight end TJ Hawkinson, who we knew is going to be a Pro Bowl possible tight end, you know, for, for seasons in the future. But obviously, we know one of the main problems probably has to be Jared Goff, but he is, you know, set with a really hard situation. But I really do like Dan Campbell, and I think that this team is pretty underrated overall. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. All right. Now, here, here's another team that I'm going to throw at you. Uh, do you think the 49ers are underrated or overrated? Ooh. Okay, I was thinking I was actually thinking about this cuz I was on the topic about the you know that division cuz that's such a you know a wild division when you have the the Cardinals well the the Seahawks are injured now uh with Russell Wilson out for like the first time ever. But like when you have the Cardinals and you have the Rams in the same division especially this year, it's looking kind of bad for them. I think they're overrated unfortunately. I probably wouldn't have given you this answer uh two two weeks ago, but man, they don't look that good. Uh, they got a rookie QB who's, you know, hasn't shown as much red flags as other rookie QBs. So that's, that's it. Uh, they don't got, they don't, they don't particularly have a bad game uh, or a bad team. It's just the division they're in. Yeah. It's not looking good. They got too many questions with their quarterback situation. They do have a, they do have like a decent, they have a pretty good passing game. Kittle has not been the same this season. It's hard to it's hard to say they're underrated, and I wouldn't even call them rated. I would call them slightly overrated. Mm-hmm. The division it's going to be. I don't think they're a playoff team. I think they're an eighth or ninth seed. They're probably not going to make the playoffs. Tough division, tough luck, but yeah, that's just the reality. Yeah. Um, let's see. So I got, I got an interesting one for you. I got Mister Inconsistent himself, Jameis Winston. The same person who threw on an opening drive, a terrible pick, who threw a 75-yard touchdown, fumbled, and then threw a Hail Mary in the same half. Oh, my god! Mr. Inconsistent, Javis Winston. What do you think about him? 
I'd have to say Jameis is right where he needs to be because I feel like if you ask anybody at the moment, I think everybody knows exactly what Jameis is. It's hard to really tell at the moment what exactly the final product of, you know, this year with Sean Payton's going to be with him. But I think everybody knows Jameis is Mr. Inconsistent himself. It's really hard to put a label on him. Um, and I, and I, I, re- I really do think that he is going to improve in the same system. But as of right now, it's really hard to see. It's it easy to see some of the progression, you know, obviously like his game against the Packers or, you know, even you could say last week, you know, he did bounce back quite well. But you know he's going to give you one to two turnovers every single week. And, you know, right. you can't really consistently do that as a quarterback in the NFL, no matter how many touchdowns you're throwing. So it's really hard to say. But um, I would have to say that he's just perfectly rated right now. But it's also too early to tell. Yeah. All right. So uh, I also I also wanted to um, bring up another team in that division. I wanted to I wanted to see if you thought that the Panthers were underrated or overrated. Ooh. I was a Panthers believer when they were 3-0, okay? I believed in them going into that game versus Dallas, which despite the the score, they did have a decent chance at that game. It looked very good for them. I think they're decently underrated. I wouldn't say – I would say they're mildly underrated. I don't particularly believe in Sam Darnold, but I don't think his last game against the Eagles should define him. He's mobile. He's good. He's not good, but he's decent. I think he's a slightly below average quarterback how it is. Wait for McCaffrey to come back to to judge. They still had they still beat the Texans without McCaffrey, which the Texans aren't the Texans who we thought at the beginning of the season. So, you know, I'm I'm a slight believer in them. I think they can shoot for that seven or six seed. Slightly underrated. They're getting a lot of slack right now. Lock that in. All right. I respect that too. And I I do I do believe in the Panthers as well. I do quite like Matt Rule as well as a coach. You know, speaking of teams with a good running back, you did mention you didn't mention the the Cowboys earlier. So I'm going to hit you with Zeke, who is right now the fourth leading rusher in the NFL, but he does have a very good running back too. And there is a there was a lot of questions around him recently with if he's still the same guy. What do you think yeah. about Ezekiel Elliott? I think he's just at, at the moment he's probably a little underrated, but very slightly. I think that if you ask Cowboy Nation, they they're going to love Zeke, obviously, right? But I have to say that I there was a good there's a been a narrative i say for about the past two years specifically in just the nfl media that zeke is kind of just like you know especially last season with the amount of fumbles that he had that zeke's kind of washed there's a start tony pollard uh mm -hmm. thing for him too yeah yeah i really thought especially after the fumbles last season everybody was really getting on zeke and i really thought that people were honestly calling for his job and saying that this is like all the money's gone to his head and all that type of things but i think we've seen that zeke is still zeke and that he can still carry a huge load on his back and he can do it all and He'll he'll be good for twenty five carries or so every single week, and he'll give you a hundred yards, and he's going to run hard. So I still think that he's a little underrated because of the, the you know rightfully so, but the the amount of pressure that he took from last season from all the fumbles that he had, I think he's just a little yeah. slightly underrated right now. Yeah, I would I would agree with that too, especially being someone who hated on him so much last season. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I wanted to uh, also talk about the man himself. Me and you have gone back and forth about this, but I think that we've always had a common consensus that we do love this man a little, a, a little bit. We respect this man, but you know he shows us flashes, but he also disappoints us at times. But we I still believe him. Say. Yeah. Do you think Kirk Cousins is underrated or overrated? Ooh. Okay. Okay. Kirk Cousins. I have him on my fantasy team, so I could tell you a lot about Kirk Cousins these mm-hmm. last two weeks. And your Packers fan. Yeah. These last two weeks have not been looking good. Kirk Cousins genuinely has been looking good against us. But I don't think Kirk Cousins is bad. 
Kirk Cousins is a very memeable quarterback, so don't get your opinions on him from meme pages. He does do terrible in Monday Night Football. I think he actually won one Monday Night Football against the Seahawks, maybe last year or the year before, yeah. something like that. But he finally beat that record or something. But uh, I think he was 0-8 before that. But Kirk Cousins, slightly underrated. A lot of people rate him differently. Like, that's kind of the hard thing about him. Like, you know, some people think he's, like, nearing that top 10. Some people think he's nearing that bottom five. He's a slightly, he's a, like of top, he's like the 15th best quarterback, something like that. He's slightly, he's slightly underrated, but it's kind of hard to say because there are a lot of yeah. people who, you know, he's kind of like so inconsistent on the boards. Like a lot of people have him a lot of places, mm -hmm. but I think Kirk Cousins is around that slightly above average mark. I like Kirk. He is a good receiving core. He's doing pretty decent with it. That don't don't believe the stats against the Lions, although his stats were not good against them. He did have an amazing last drive, and Kirk Cousins is still he, he played decently clutch that game. I want I almost called him a decently clutch quarterback. Yeah. He's good in a good system. He's a good guy to pick up if you need a quarterback. Kirk Cousins is good. He's slightly underrated. I can agree with that fully. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, you know, kind of questionable quarterbacks, how do you feel about Carson Wentz? I really feel like the Colts team as a whole is quite underrated. I, I think that For sure. I think that they've just they gotten on the lucky, kind of similar to the way the Chargers were last year. You know, the Chargers lost a lot of close games last year, and look at them mm -hmm. now. You know, they're playing really well. They're top of their division. They're four and one. So I think that the really there is at least you can circle two winnable games for the uh, the Steelers on on their schedule. Um, I, I think if we, if we specifically if we specifically look at last week, it's a, it um, it's just hard. It's hard looking at the um at them. There was there was there was a week I believe it was week four when Carson had both of his ankles injured, and he still I I believe that he's still recovering for that, but he's still fine. He's still playing, and I do think that there are some flaws on this team for sure. But the performance against Miami was solid, although it was against a backup quarterback, you know. Yeah. But I do believe in the Colts. I I believe in Frank Wright. And I, I do believe in Carson Wentz, and I, I really like Jonathan Taylor, their young running back. And um, if you just take the simply the game last week when they, uh, when they when they played the um the, the Ravens, it, it was really 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 close. And you'd love to see them finish that game off, but I don't think that you can put that on the back of Carson Wentz at all. Specifically, him, he played really well that game, and yeah. I think he's doing all he can to make his team win and just you know compete. There's not much he can do, so I still think he's a little bit underrated from you know the kind of the treatment that he gets post uh, Eagles, and also specifically like the way he still carries on his back from the treatment he got on the Eagles. If you remember like just just that entire saga with oh, yeah. with with, uh, yeah. with Jalen Hurts, that that was really intense. I still think man. he's better than Jalen Hurts. I yeah, think that was that yeah. was intense, and I think that everybody was just on Carson during that point. So I still think he's a little underrated. Yeah, I agree. We've we've been agreeing a lot today. Hasn't yeah. been uh, they've been tough questions. Probably a lot of people would give different results, but you know we've been we've been agreeing decently. Yeah. All right. So my uh, underrated underrated slash overrated player right here. Um, it's a guy that's a bit interesting, but I think there's a common consensus. Maybe maybe outside of Washington football team fans, but is Tyler Henneke overrated or underrated? Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because I feel like some people jokingly put him like really high, which he is a good quarterback. He's not yeah. like, I mean, he's not like good as in like 
above that. He isn't like he's had some pretty good games. Like people can say that his game versus the Giants, which uh, you were at that game. That was a very yeah, I was at that game. It, Jones did outplay him, but that that's not to downplay Heineke. Heineke, you know, played really fucking good that game. Uh, I think Heineke right now. He's properly rated. I think most people have him as should be the starter for the Washington football team over Ryan Fitzpatrick. I do yeah. believe he's that that QB1 guy right now. He's still young. Give him some time. I think he can blossom into maybe what Kirk Cousins is now. Not like play style, but like around that rating. He's he just, I believe in Heineke. I think he's properly rated right now. I think a lot of people have the same opinion on me. I'm not going to say he's underrated, like, like top, like above average quarterback right now. He's rated. The kind of consensus is he's good. He should be the starter. You know, saying he's overrated should be like saying uh, Fitzpatrick should be the starter when he like gets back. But like, he's good how it is. Uh, he's good. He's 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 a uh, he's rated. He's rated. Yeah. Speaking of the Washington football, I'm going to hit you with a struggling defense right now. The Washington football yeah. defense, I drafted them in fantasy. They were mm-hmm. supposed to be good. They have let up a lot of points. Do you still believe in them? Uh, I personally don't believe in them. I don't believe in them. Yeah. I, I, I think that a lot of their stats were inflated from last season, playing teams like my Giants, like the struggling Eagles, and I really think that their defense, I think that, Especially the whole narrative. If you if you if you turn tune into any any Washington football team game, they're going to start the game with this is a great exceptional off- defensive line with multiple <laughs> multiple first round picks. All four of the starters are that's, first round that's picks. Your whole TikTok too. That's, yeah, this, so, this. <laughs> it, that's that's all it is. And I, I I really do feel like that I do like their 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 safety last year, who was a rookie. Cameron Crow played quite good. Um, I, I don't like Jamin Davis as a, as a linebacker. Personally, wasn't my favorite draft pick for theirs. I do feel like their linebackers are very, very weak. And although they do have a quite a solid secondary, I, I do I, I do think that they're getting kind of picked on this year. And it's similar to what the Giants defense was, although they weren't as highly regarded. I think the NFC East generally, at least statistically, I think that's what everybody talks about. They talk about the defensive line. And they also talk about the stats. I just think that Either teams are are adjusting to how they can deal with guys like Chase Young, or they're trying to deal how to, or they're trying to figure out how to stop Montez Sweat, and they've done that effectively, or they've simply just been able to find weak points to pick on, like the linebackers. So I think that the, that defense is overrated, and I don't, I don't, I don't believe in them. Maybe they pick it, they'll maybe they'll pick it up in the playoffs if football team is able to get the last wild card spot, but I doubt it, and I don't think that they're, I don't, I don't think that they're going to pick up to the same pace they were at last season. Yeah, that's a that's a good eye-opening take. I didn't really like uh when thinking about it, I didn't really fully factor in the fact that, you know, I have them as slightly like I kind of believe in them. I think they're very young. That's one thing that always goes for them. Yeah. Uh but that's kind of an eye-opening take to see that from another perspective. It's actually it's a, it's a pretty good take although we may differ from that, you know. I think that's a, a very fair opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think All they right. certainly do have their struggles and if you see yeah. it like that 100%. Makes sense. Yeah. So I some I had a similar um, unit I wanted to focus on, but a unit that was highly regarded. But really, I really felt like this unit was even better than the Washington football team and really, really solidified this team I want to talk about. And it's the Rams defense. The Rams defense hasn't mm. looked exceptional this season, and they've, um, you know, it's really been the Rams offense that's been standing out. And obviously yeah. you have some great players on that team. It's like uh, on the defense Stafford team. Yeah. standing out. 
Do you really um, think that it's like, yeah, do you really think that it's like the defense is being overshadowed by the offense or it's just, do you think they're overrated or underrated? I'm going to say a few things about this. This is very interesting, especially with, you know, our opinion on Cooper Cup, the fantasy goat himself, fantasy you know, goat, Matthew yeah. Stafford. I think we both like Matthew Stafford. He's Love pretty Stafford. fucking good right now. But like, man, it all comes down to Jalen Ramsey and how well he could but, take out yeah. the wide receiver one. That's exactly it. It's full pressure on Jalen Ramsey. Mm -hmm. We know what that D-line's about. We know how good that front seven can be. They got a they got a decent they got a decent secondary outside of Jalen Ramsey, but he is the X factor for the Rams. He's not the best player, but he is your make or break. You can see, you know, uh, against that DK, the whole consensus was Jalen was DK's daddy, and then DK dominated against Jalen mm -hmm. before Gene before Geno Smith, uh, you know, had to take over for yeah. Andrew Russell Wilson. You know, the consent like like DK was ball in that game that's the you know the rams they do play a lot of uh zone coverage so i will admit uh jalen ramsey statistically has been looking worse than he actually is but still he's been slightly underperforming thus far uh he did actually have a really good game against uh i think he had a good game against hopkins mm -hmm. uh, i think he did as well yeah yeah but that that dk game makes me questionable i still do believe in them though i believe in jalen ramsey mm -hmm. I think he can hush. He's certainly one who's hushed before he can hush, the, you know, all the loud stuff about him. I thought he was in Jacksonville. There was a period where I thought he was better than Gilmore. You know, I don't think that looking back at it, but Jalen Ramsey, he's a good locker room guy. This question is basically Jalen Ramsey to me because the rest are kind of set in yeah. stone. Like I can Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. I believe in them. Well, I think they're underrated. I still think they could be top five this season. Mm -hmm. I think that I they're. Think, I think, yeah. I think they're really a bit. I would just say some of they're underrated from perspective that I think the offense is outshining them, but I do believe in that yeah. defense as well for sure. Yeah, they were the number one defense last year. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they had an unfortunate demise with uh, against the Packers in the playoffs with an injured Aaron Donald. Although to be fair, I think uh, uh, David Bakhtiari was out, so that kind of helped the the pass rushing. But like, still, you can't really replace. You know, uh, Aaron Donald on the offensive line, he's probably like worth like two really good guys. But, you know, I still believe in him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Despite despite having their very rough, rough moments, I still believe mm -hmm. in him. Yeah. All right. Um, I have for you as my sixth one, I have the Chargers. Uh, I believe this is my second team because I also had the, the Lions. But what do you think about gunslinging? Justin Herbert and his Chargers with Mike Williams playing amazing. I think he has the like the fourth most yards right now. Not to be confused with Jamar Chase's fourth most one on one yards, but Mike Williams is playing good. You know, their defense is a bit like you can pickpocket their defense, but uh what do you think about the Chargers? I really like the Chargers. I I, I always just watched a lot of the games last season. Just heartbreaking, man. You have games against wow. the Raiders where that Donald Parham touchdown was overturned, and then <laughs> there's so many heartbreaking things that happened to the Chargers. But if you, a game I really look back to last season is when they beat the Saints actually in overtime, and Mike Williams had a great, great overtime period. And I really think that was one of the key games. And I think that Justin Herbert is amazing. And I love that offense. I love Austin Eckler. He's underrated specifically about uh, about the Chargers. If you want to point out one player, Austin Eckler is very, very underrated. Although you know, fantasy owners might disagree. Um, they might, they might, they also, they know that he's amazing because he does everything well. But um, 
I really love the Chargers. I, I still think that they're a little bit underrated. I feel like um, people are pray, uh, are waiting on their downfall just a bit, but I just I really love the Chargers. I I love I love Justin Herbert, and um, you know I like I like to just think about them in their game just this week against um or sorry, just this week against the uh, the Browns. Uh, you know it was they scored twenty six twenty six points in the fourth quarter to come back from a large deficit, and I really think that type of resiliency is just what you love. What to see about Justin Herbert and that offense? So I think the Chargers are still a little bit underrated. I think people really haven't set into full effect that they're at the top of their division. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so do you have them as underrated or rated? Which one did you say again? I would, just, I would probably just say underrated just because of how good yeah. I really think they're they, they can make a deep playoff push just with how sure. good this offense is, and you know their defense can hold up. Yeah, they're playing good. Whether you have them in your top five or out your top five, you can acknowledge they're certainly in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, I think they had a game of the game of the week against the Browns last uh, last week. Probably the game of the year thus far. I don't think that's a crazy take. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I agree and that. then, uh, you know, they have an interesting game next week too. I think against the the Ravens. Uh, we'll we'll dive into interesting games later. But um, I got Joe Burrow for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you feel about Joe Burrow? I think I asked two in a row, but you know you can do this and you can ask me your two in a row. I think everybody can respect. I think he's rated as as I just rated you know perfectly right now. I think everybody knows that Joe Burrow's yeah. exceptional, and when the offensive line really gets figured out, he's gonna be even better. I think that everybody should just give Joe Burrow his respect. But I feel like everybody really does that and knows that he has a bright future. Nobody's really you know. He's that type of guy that has the confidence and all, but also, you know, is a, is a good locker room guy. And I think he has a great connection with Jamar Chase, as I mentioned, and you mentioned yeah. earlier. So I think he's perfectly rated right now. I think everybody respects him. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of a freebie. That was the last one. Uh, I did accidentally. I think I asked you two, so you mm-hmm. asked me your next two. All right. So I wanted, we, we already talked about some of the guys on our list, so I don't want to repeat too much. So I want to end it off with the end of our segment, probably for underrated slash overrated mm-hmm. with Amari Cooper. So Ooh. I, I personally, not to be biased here, I have him in fantasy. And although he played exceptional against the, against the Buccaneers his first week, I, I really feel like Amari, he did deal with some rib injuries that he really sustained in the Chargers game. But I, 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 I just think that Amari is, you know, he's really good. But I'm just not really sure what to call him right now. What do you think? Underrated or overrated? Um, I don't think he's a top 15 wide receiver right now. Not going to lie. I don't think most people have him a top five wide receiver, but I think that certainly speaks elements to how I don't think he's underrated right now. You know, he has a good situation around us. Uh, I mean, around him. Although his team is kind of run heavy, like they run a bit more than other teams. Uh, I don't think that necessarily excuses uh, some of his some of his performances, you know, he's only had one game mm-hmm. over 100 yards, and that was his 139-yarder against the Buccaneers that you mentioned. Since then, he hasn't got above 70. There's nothing that really wants me to pick him to rated. I don't think I can really pick. I, I don't think I can put him at rated. He's kind of overrated right now. I, I know a lot. That. I know a lot of people don't have him amazingly high, but I, I think I have him a bit lower than the average person would especially yeah. with Dak and a good running game to support him. So that Dallas defense is being checked. He should be putting up a lot more realistically. It's kind of sad. I like Amari Cooper. He's a good player, but, you know, I think he's a bit overrated right now. 
yeah, I, I do think so as well. All right. So um, now I want to bring up the, the fourth topic that I want to kind of start us off this with. This is the one I've been looking forward to. I've been looking forward to this one too. And I, I can personally say I love my receivers. So uh, I, I have, I have my, my guy I've been looking at. I want to start us off, but I've had a guy I've had in my eye on for a long time, ever since college at Purdue. But that man, Rondell Moore, on the Cardinals, I think that he's crazy talented. He had a hit first 100-yard game, I believe, in week two. And this Cardinals offense is just exceptional right now. Possibly the they best play the offense. Browns, right? Yeah, they play the Browns. And mm. I, although, I, I, though I know the Browns do have a, a strong secondary, they, but I, I just think that this game is going to turn into a shootout. And if you put the Cardinals offense up, I, I just see Rondell Moore. I think he can just do so much. And I love having him under Cliff Ki- Kingsbury's offense. I just I, I just love that. I love Rondell Moore. I think that he can be, honestly, he could be a, a, like a backup running back if he wanted to. Although I don't know if he's big enough to run through the tackles and stuff like that. But uh, he's he's a great route runner. He has good hands. He's fast. He's tough. He does the dirty work. And he he's the type of guy that will, you know, you can give him a little wide receiver screen and he'll make a play out of it, a 10, 15-yard play. I think that he's. I think he's poised for seventy-five yards and a touchdown or more. And I also, I also think that he still really hasn't gotten his respect because uh, the way they're using him is, um, is different. They're they're using him differently every single yeah. week. But I, I'm I'm poised to see Rondell Moore play great, and I think that he's still just underrated in general. I, I think he's going to just have a huge coming out party though in these next coming weeks. Yeah, Rondell Moore was a. I believe he was a second rounder, right? Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go the opposite route. I think I'm going to go with the number one pick right now, Trevor Lawrence. He's playing the one and four Dolphins in London. We all know about those Jags, Jags in London memes. They play, they play very good. I think this is going to be a great game by him. He really hasn't had that game yet, and I'm yeah. not the biggest Trevor Lawrence guy. Although I can't admit, looking into it, he probably was. He's the you know the number one guy until any rookie has an amazing performance to say otherwise. But um. Trevor Lawrence versus the Miami defense. I believe right now they're ranked 28th in passing defense, and it's in London. I think this is a perfect story for Trevor Lawrence. I think Urban Meyer can have a comeback week this week, although I'm not the highest on him. He started using James Robinson uh, against the Bengals, and you know that was probably the, the best week they had. Uh, so I think they got to use James, James Robinson and let Lawrence shine too. I think this is Lawrence's one of the best opportunities he's had all year potentially and i think he will be one of the best rookies i think it's an interesting pick too especially since you picked a second round wide receiver i pick a first round i picked the first overall quarterback i think this is a very interesting game i think it's a 1 p.m game i'm gonna stay in tune for that uh i'm gonna be looking at that after i think the packers play at the same time but i'm gonna be checking on it i think i believe in trevor lawrence this game this is an interesting game for him and probably a moment like this can be the momentum grab that uh, that you know a rookie QB can finally take since no really rookie QB is looking at the top right now. They're both uh, or all like five of them. Maybe Mac Mac Jones is probably like the the best one so far performance wise. Ironically enough, <laughs> but uh, no one has really seized those reins, you know. Yeah, like kind of Justin Herbert did uh, with you know Joe Burrow injury and Tua didn't have some of the best games. Uh, I think. If he were to seize the reins, this would this would be the game where he starts doing it. I believe in Trevor Lawrence versus the Miami 28th passing defense in London. I think that's going to be a good I, game. I, I definitely see that. I'd be good to see him have his coming out party as a rookie. For sure. Mm-hmm. All right. 
So and we have we we have we got that topic out the way. Now we have the this is this is the controversial part. This is this is power this is where stuff gets, this is where stuff gets interesting. Yeah. All right. Would you like to start us off, or should I? Okay. With well, either. I think I've talked a lot about teams today, and uh, I, I think it's I think it's time for you to start us off. Okay. Well, you know, I'm gonna start us off with a team I do really like, the Green Bay Packers at number five. Yeah. Don't let week one fool you. If they get Jair back, this is a very unhealthy team right now. You know, they're missing uh, the arguably the best O-lineman in the league in David Bakhtiari, uh, arguably the best cornerback in uh, Jair Alexander. Kevin King actually had a good game versus the Bengals, although he went out. Because uh, really he kind of like, got stepped on his yeah. chest. And then uh, one of the most interesting players in the NFL – Ironically, he's a guard. Elton Jenkins, the most flexible player of all time. You can put him at any, any of the five positions in the offensive lineman. He's one of the most underrated players in the NFL. I think the Packers, when healthy, can even be higher. Don't let week one fool you. That was a fluke. You saw it. You saw how the Packers have been in the clutch. That yeah. game versus the Bengals. The Bengals are a good team this year. They're really good. They're probably They have a case to be top 10 this year probably above average, but you know, that game wasn't as close as it looked. The Packers had multiple drives. Uh, Bengals kind of scored on some fluke plays and don't let week. I'm not downplaying the Bengals. I'm just saying like, you know, the Packers have had a lot of close games. Don't let that fool you. The Packers have had a, had a terrible week one. Don't let that fool you. Devonte Adams is the lead, the leading receiver for a reason. I believe in them. And I think they're fair at number five. What's your All number right. five miles? So my number five is this going to be the Buccaneers. I don't think you could really go wrong with the Buccaneers. And, For you sure. know, it's just kind of like one of those teams, you know, it's just kind of like Brady Brady, and uh, in January. You can't really go wrong. You know that man's going to pop off. You know that man's going to come. And uh, similar to what they did, they they might not be the strongest regular season team. They're not really – they're not. they might not be built for the regular season. They're dealing with a lot of injuries on their defense right now. But I really just do feel like the Buccaneers are just going to, you know, going to go on a tear. Brady always finds things to motivate him in the playoffs, and he's always going to find things to fight for. And his offense has looked as good as ever, especially you know, with the uh, with the targets that Antonio Brown's been receiving, and then just uh, in in general, Leonard Fournette not playing pretty, not not playing bad in these last in these last few games. Um, you know, when he when he does receive his fair share of carries, I think that they they have an underrated running attack if they really want to press it. And uh, I think the Bucks defense went healthy. We know what we know what they can do. We saw what happens with the Chiefs. Oh yeah, I think that I think that they're still a strong team. Yeah, especially about that running game. You got to believe in Lenny every now and then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's a that's a Brady nickname too. Uh, Fournette. It took him a, a while to get adjusted to that, but I think after that ring, he likes it. That's a that's a very good pick for the number five. I actually have them just a bit higher at number four. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to put my Packers above them, but you know, there's a certain game that was telling me not to. Uh, but Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to keep it short since you basically said, you know, what I was going to say. They're a very good team right now with a lot of momentum. Uh, their loss against the Rams is preventing me from putting them higher. I think they're going to be stationary around this for a while until, uh, you know, like the uh, a team below them pops off or uh, and, and proves that they're better or uh, like the Rams or uh, or a team above them. I'm not going to say much, oops, but a team above them has a bad game. They're kind of the most stationary on my list right now. Pretty good quarterback, to say the least. He's playing top five this year. Uh, pretty good uh, 
pretty good running game, pretty good defense. There's not a, a flaw in them. Antonio Brown is ironic. It's funny. He, it's it's funny that he's been good, you know. Antonio Brown uh, and Mike Evans, they've probably been the best two receivers, you know. Sorry, Chris Godwin, but uh, yeah, that's what they're looking like right now. They also, uh, fun fact, they did resign all of their uh, all of their starters from their Super Bowl uh, thing. So you know, it ba- they're not going to be a worse team or. It's hard to see them being a worse team, although it is also hard to put them up. That's the Buccaneers at four. So my number four team is just as of right now, as what establishes this is just throughout what we've seen so far this season. But I like to put the Chargers at number four. Mm. I think their offense can. Ha- I think their defense can ha- keep them in games just slightly. You know, their offense is going to put up a lot of points, but I do think their defense is is good enough is good enough to be uh, about a mid-range defense, but this offense is exceptional. I really like I really like their coaching staff, and I really like what they've done with this team. I, I just like what the Chargers have done and built, and I think that they're good in close games. We've seen some mishaps, especially on special teams and stuff like that. It's, you know, kind of stopped the Chargers from winning a lot of the games that they, like, were mm-hmm. really close in last season, but they've been winning those games this season, so at least through what we've seen, their game against the Browns and their game against the Chiefs. I think that they're just, I think they're really good. So they're my number four team. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's Coach Daly. They've, uh, their coach has yeah. been, their coach has been using Herbert, right? It's a good upgrade at the coaching position. And I think that's what they were missing. You know, they had a lot of poor clock management uh, in, in their last season. That's part of the reason they lost those uh, close games. So, you know, that coaching upgrade was really kind of the, that was kind of the, the thing that lit the fire under them. Now they're playing really good. Uh, let's see. Now I'm on my number three team. And, you know, I did have a team that I accidentally slipped up uh, on. I have the Rams who, you know, can't put the Bucks ag- above the Rams right now. They outplayed them. Sean McVay is an amazing coach. Do not sleep on him. He's been getting some flack. Great team. And I'm going to elaborate on that. Uh, interesting stat about the Rams or Sean McVay is I think he's undefeated when leading at halftime. They don't choke. Mm-hmm. The Rams don't choke. Yeah, uh, they close games. You know, a lot of people thought Tom Brady would beat them in that second half uh, in the Buccaneers, but the Rams, they've been good. They have a good defense, although I we, I did talk about their X factor earlier. And uh, Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey can win his, the defense wins. That's essentially it. And betting on Jalen Ramsey is not a bad bet. They could, they could not saying they, if Jalen Ramsey wins, they win. But if he doesn't win, then they don't necessarily lose either because they got a lot of pieces that can just make that up. They got a good defense. And now I'm going to get into the offense. They got a really good offense. We love trading, that, man. I, I don't like their, they, they, they may have a very iffy front office because they trade all of their future assets away for current stars. But, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup has been a yes, top four sir. connection this year. They kind of fell off those last two games, but man, that is a that's an amazing connection. Cooper Cup right now, as of now, is looking like a top five receiver. Matthew Stafford is playing amazing. He could potentially win MVP. Cooper Cup could potentially win like most improved player, even though he's pretty good. Uh, he's been pretty good for a bit. He's been underrated, but man. Good to see Cooper Cup doing that jump. Good to see, uh, you know, the running game isn't looking dead as it was a few years ago. Uh, not quite the Todd Gurley days, but, man, they're looking good. Yeah. 
I think that's a safe pick at the number three, especially, you know, what the next two teams ahead of me are. Rams at three, I'm locking it in. Yeah, so I had had another team in the division. I think we know who it is going to be. I have the Cardinals Mm -hmm. up three. Um, My respective case for the Cardinals is I do think their defense has been really been stealing. Honestly, I know Kyler Murray's been stealing the show, and you talked about him as probably the MVP this year, just the early MVP. But, man, that defense has been exceptional. You know, it's hard to credit anybody specifically with that, but I think the development of Isaiah Simmons has been pretty good. Obviously, you know, Buda Baker was really good, but I think they, the addition of J.J. Watt, you know, kind of just bringing in a good locker room guy. But then we we can't understate the fact that Chandler Jones is obviously a beast. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, he's been played out of his mind. So I really think that the Cardinals, their defense has really been sustaining them. I really, really like this offense. As I mentioned before, I really like Rondell Moore. Kyler Murray's been playing amazing. So I think this is, you know, one through three are probably are pretty, are pretty interchangeable. I, I'd like to say one through three are. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have the the same one through three, just in different orders, obviously, with our mm-hmm. uh, different picks at three. But my number two is the Cardinals. Uh, it's kind of hard to disagree with what you said. Uh, although, I will say, J.J. Watt, he hasn't had a sack this season. Chandler Jones hasn't had a sack since game one. Don't let that fool you. They're still an amazing D-line, still an amazing defense. I think they put the 49ers to 10 points. Yeah. Their offense wasn't that good that game. But, man, <sighs> That's a good team right there. They're the only undefeated team for a reason. And that's that they've been consistent. They haven't shown a lot of red flags. They've been playing underrated, uh, if anything. I've seen them you know, ranked at like four. But uh, wow, such Damn a good team in a tough division. That that win against the Rams really put them. That's that's the only reason uh, that I have them above them. But that yeah. tiebreaker is going to be crucial until they play again. Very entertaining team for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my number two, I, I, you had them at number four. I think the Rams. I just I do think their their defense is going to pick them it up. Three. I yeah. I I, yeah. I, I, I just, as we said, it's pretty interchangeable. You made the case for them, but mm-hmm. I'm just really loving what this team is putting together at the moment. And I really, really do enjoy just watching, you know, the way that, that um, Sean McVay likes to use receivers as his offense, whether it be any <laughs> given guy on any given night, it could be Van Jefferson. It could be Robert Woods. It could be a lot of guys. And I just like the type of flexibility and I'm really, really impressed with what he's doing. And uh, exactly. I, I would also, I would also just like to note that I do believe in their defense and I'm still high on Jalen Ramsey, but you know, I can't really. I, 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 although I do, I, I can't admit that DK did burn him in that game. I, I'm still very high on Jalen Ramsey, obviously. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think we both who know who we have at number one, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Number one, the Buffalo Bills and my favorite player in the NFL that's not wearing a Green Bay Packers jersey right now. Josh Allen, the most entertaining, even more entertaining than the second MVP candidate and the third MVP candidate, and Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. I'm probably the most running back like quarterback there is with a fucking Patrick Mahomes arm. He has a cannon and he has wheels and he could truck you and he's about the size of your offensive lineman by height standard. Wow. What is not to love about Josh Allen? He is a complete quarterback. I think he will go down as being one of the best quarterbacks of all time if he keeps this up and the MVP of this season. I love him. Ignore week one. That's all I'm about to say. That does not mean shit to this team. Their defense has been playing good. That front four, front five has been looking 
good. They've been dogs down there. They've actually, I think they have the fourth most running yards per game. And, you know, not to slack their running game, but, you know, a good portion of that is because of Josh Allen too. Josh Allen is such a dynamic player like Lamar Jackson. He can make those throws 50 down, 50 yards down the field, and he can hurdle you for a third and two or fourth and two, something like that. One of the most impressive quarterback plays I've ever seen with that hurdle. And he's done that twice. He's had two big hurdles. I love Josh Allen. I love the Bills. They're amazing right now. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I had them winning the Super Bowl last year. I do not not believe in them. That game against Kansas City was a statement. They're looking like dogs. They're my number one team and my Super Bowl favorites. Yeah, what really, really sells me, as I pointed out earlier, was that use the defensive line. I really think oh, that, yeah. that that was really what pushed them to the top for me. Their defense has just looked quite good this season. And obviously, we know Tredavious White is exceptional. Micah Hyde, stuff like those guys on the back end of their defense are great. Jermaine Edmonds as well. And I just, I just really like what they're what they're putting together. They have they're a team that has playoff experience, and uh, I think Josh Allen with his, with his, with another shot in the playoffs is going to do even better. And um, you know, yeah, I just see them as the best team in the NFL right now. Yeah, kind of hard. It's hard to argue against that unless you're going by record. It really is. Mm-hmm. Okay. I so, believe we're entering our final topic for uh, game of the week. Do you want me yeah, to get started? Or do you want uh, to get started? I'll let you get started on this one. I think we've talked about a lot. We've been really high on, right. you know, a, certain yeah. pl- a few certain players. Um, and uh, I, I do think that... Um, I, I, we're about we're about at an hour right now, so time's uh, gone, gone pretty fast. But yeah, uh, I, still think wanna... been, I still think it's been entertaining. I'm going to keep this brief, though. Yeah, Chargers versus Ravens. There's three good games that you can pick. Yeah. There's Titans Bills. I believe there's Browns Chiefs, or is it Browns? Uh, I'll look it up. Who do the Browns play? It's Browns. Uh, um, Browns Cardinals. Browns Cardinals. Yeah. And then there's Chargers, Ravens. I think especially how dynamic these two quarterbacks have been and these two offenses have been. They look really good. I am going – I didn't include either of them in my top five, but they're my six and seven right now. I'm going to go Ravens 33-30. I think I trust Lamar Jackson a little bit more. I, and, you know, this. Th- what I'm about to say would would have sound crazy, like, you know, not including Justin Herbert, but about Lamar Jackson two years ago. Lamar Jackson is clutch. Lamar Jackson is clutch. You saw that game versus the Chiefs. You saw uh, that overtime versus the Colts. Lamar Jackson is clutch. I'm not going to say it otherwise. He's number one, number two, or number three right now in the NFL. I'm going Ravens 33-30. Really good game. Don't sleep on Herbert. Don't sleep on Lamar. Great teams. Woo, 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 woo. All right, who do you have? I had the same exact thing. I, I yeah. the, 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 what I want to watch, what I really want to watch is, you know, we both know these teams can come from behind. The Chargers deficit was 1.27 to 13 against the Browns. Chargers scored 26 in the fourth to win it. The Ravens had an even larger deficit at 22 to 3 at the bottom of the third quarter. Yet, you know, they came back and won it in overtime. Lamar threw for 400 yards, four touchdowns, and you know your man Mark Andrews had a night for himself. Yeah, he only yeah. had 16 completions I gave it too. Yeah, I, I think the main stat line here is, though, is the Chargers defense, they gave up 220 yards on the ground to the Browns. Um, so I really think that all the Ravens want to pass, knowing that, you know, Lamar had a good, is coming off the best week of his career, probably, with, passing-wise. <laughs> 
Or yeah. will they want to keep it on the ground and keep young Herb off the field? So I think it's a stat I think it's a stat line to watch. Or do you think or do we just see this game turning into an absolute shootout, which I think it might just turn it into. But I think either way we're getting entertaining football and I think this has to be the exactly. game of the week. Yeah, there, there's some close options, but I just can't see myself picking against this right now. They're too entertaining. Probably two of, if not the two most entertaining teams in the NFL. I'd actually put like the, maybe the Rams or like the, they're two of the top five most entertaining teams in the NFL. Hard to go against that. Perfect way to end off that podcast. I agree. Look out for that game next week. I cannot I believe it's not more. prime time. Yeah. All right. I I, a, I really I really do first think podcast. That, yeah, I really do think that that's gonna be a great game. And man, I just have to say, thank you guys so much if you've made it to this part of the podcast. I really <laughs> really appreciate you know you guys sitting through this hour. We didn't really think that it'd take this long, but we kind of you know we definitely elaborated a lot on our points. Yeah. And um, I don't think these, we half asked it. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. These podcasts might be looking a little bit different whether we have whether we um uh focus on different different topics or you know do different amount of time periods depending on how much or how much content there is a week or how much we can really give in. But let me say just thank you if you made it to this part. If you didn't, if you stopped halfway through, that's completely fine too. Thank you for just giving us a listen and um, yeah, you know really appreciate it. See you all next week. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. All right. Yeah.